Hello and welcome along once again to It'll Be Alright in the 90s, the podcast that's had to have a reorganisation of its warehouse over the last couple of weeks due to the sheer number of unclaimed quiz prizes it's still hanging on to. <laughs> I'm Stu Joslin and joining me as always is Alex Greenwood. Greeny, good evening. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. I do still have the Magic Eye book that um, Legend of the Pod Hannah Kelly uh, claimed she wanted at the quiz, but then strangely asked me to take home in my bag for her to take off me later um, and yet here we are weeks later and I still have it so uh, I will be uh, leaving that on her doorstep before long don't worry. Yes and I have the uh, 442 magazine, the Q magazine, the Argos catalogue and they all came home with me (laughs) so our, our, our sort of ploy to get rid of all of the uh, of all of the stuff that we've already read and enjoyed um, has has failed summarily. Ungrateful <laughs> swines. The dweebs and the push pops went down really well. Yeah, they did. The consumables, of course they did. Exactly, yeah. The rest yeah. of the gifts are treated like uh, some sort of prize library. <laughs> Checked out for an hour and then given back. So if anybody's interested in any of that, um, do let us know. Send us a stamped address envelope and we'll, uh, we'll get back to you. On today's episode, we're going to be looking back at the UK Top 40 from the 20th of February 1999. Before we go any further, I should give a quick mention to our sponsor tonight. Now, Alex, um, you know me. I've been in and around uh, Caution recently with my sponsors, Modern Air, the hairdressers. Uh, forward video of Caution before that. Well, I'm pleased to say we've got more Caution-based businesses queuing up to get involved with the pod. And this time around, our sponsor is the White Lion of Pickwick Road in Caution. Uh, you can quote the code all right 90s at the bar for 50p off a pint of Worthington Cream Flow while stocks last. Uh, so many thanks to uh, the people at the White Lion for, for getting involved with us tonight. Much appreciated. Fantastic. I don't imagine those stocks will last very long, so you should uh, get down there as quickly as possible. Absolutely. Much missed pub, um, the the White Lion of Caution, although my dad says he only ever went in there once and the beer was terrible. Um, but it was last in the news. I did a little bit of research. Last in the news in 2011, um, when a car crashed into the front of the building, which is now a private house, um, because a bee had flown into the car through the window and the driver panicked and swerved off the road and crashed straight into the front of, of the old White Lion. Um, you can read more about that if you if you Google it. Um, but that was just a little something I wanted to throw in there just for a bit of colour, you know. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. We have had something come in, not into the mailbag as such. This came in via some back channels, uh, as it were. Someone has been in touch basically with with Jeff directly. And mm-hmm. I mean, we don't encourage it, but sometimes it no. happens. And it, it relates to uh, the empty position we currently have in the ledger for Dad of the Pod, because, of course, Glyn vacated it to become a legend of the pod. Mm-hmm. And there has been, yeah, so this, these are sort of rumours. I don't know exactly what's been said, but there's some talk of there being a applicant or someone who is, someone's name has been put forward for this position of Dad of the Pod. I think we'll have to come back to that. We'll, we'll do some investigation. We'll do some digging, work out what's gone on. Has any money, money been exchanged has anything you know untoward or potentially uh of a legal issue gone on but we will yeah we'll come back to it we'll 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 dig and then hopefully in a couple of weeks we'll have some more news on it but um something is stirring in in that department that's all okay well i hope there's no money involved because jeff denies all knowledge of the envelope that alex mitchell says he sent in the other week god knows what's happened to that yeah i know it's quite a murky world isn't it the world of um podcasts sort of legal teams and and agents and that sort of stuff it's absolute snake pit Stu, i think we need to come back to your uh your story um roulette wheel 
As yes, ever. as ever, I've got a few stories from the '90s which you can pick from um, for me to for me to enlighten you about. Um, so, still on the board uh, for a few episodes now. We've had uh, status quo on GMTV. Um, also, now I can add to that Limal from Kajagugu on through the keyhole, <laughs> or uh, I can tell you about the biggest telling off I ever received at primary school. So, which of those tickles your fantasy tonight? I think we should um, let's get status quo on. Status quo. Okay. So for a long time, I have had a, I've been carrying around a memory with me basically of being uh, in uh, my parents' kitchen um, before primary school uh, with the, with the TV on in the kitchen because we're decadent buggers and there's, there's a TV in the kitchen. Um, and there being a, uh, a live performance of status quo going on, on, on breakfast television. And I couldn't remember the song. I couldn't remember anything about it, but I could remember that they had some, older male backing vocalists one of whom was wearing a baseball cap that point had always stuck with me and every so often I, I, I would think about this sort of two or three second memory that I have of of seeing this in the kitchen before heading off to school a few weeks ago as is my want when I can't find anything else to watch and wife of the pod Beth is out and I'm out on my own devices I look for um classic 90s episodes of match of the day to watch on YouTube and there is a channel called JMX TV Archive, which is very, very good for this sort of thing. Um, so I like to go and check in with them every so often and, and, and see what they've managed to come up with. And I was searching through their recent uploads. And lo and behold, there it was. Status quo on GMTV, the 1st of February, 1996. I clicked on the link and there it was. And the song's called Fun, Fun, Fun. And it was actually a promotional appearance to promote an album that they had recorded in conjunction with the Beach Boys. And the Beach Boys were their backing vocalists on this track, one of whom was wearing the baseball cap. I had no idea. I, I, I would consider myself a Quo fan. Um, I've seen them live. You know, I, I like a lot of their stuff. I never had any idea that they've recorded an album with the Beach Boys. Um, and it was just through complete coincidence that I found the clip uh, while looking for other stuff. But I've, I have, of course, watched it through now and, and been able to refresh my memory after all these years, nearly 30 years of carrying around this vague memory. The chances of somebody having put that on a VHS, kept it for nearly 30 years, then digitised it and put it on YouTube, must be getting on for infinitesimal. Um, so I'd like to place on record my thanks to JMX TV Archive for doing that, helping me to fl- fill out that memory. And yeah, that's uh, that status quo on GMTV for you. Uh, that must have been so satisfying, sort of being able to square that. It was that's excellent, yeah. That's probably the wrong phrase, but um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. So, I, that's such a weird combination, um, Beach Boys and status quo. Um, mm-hmm. And the Beach Boys being someone's backing group is... Well, I think it was uh, just the fact that on that track, Francis Rossi was was handling the lead vocals and, and they were doing the backing track, um, the, the backing vocals even. Um, and I think I've had a little look into the album and I think it was sort of a half and half thing. So Brian and the boys would be singing. Uh, if Brian Wilson's still involved with the Beach Boys, I'm not sure he is or he was at that point. I don't know. Um, but they sort of take half of it and, and the status quo uh, chaps take half of it. So maybe maybe worth looking looking into as one of the 90s more improbable collaborations even less probable than one of the collaborations we're going to talk about in the chart later on uh, letting daylight yeah. in upon magic here we're recording the intro after we've recorded the main episode that's what all the professionals do though isn't it exactly exactly that time now for what's the most 90s uh, we didn't do this last time of course so it's the welcome ret- well i say welcome we're welcoming it hopefully you will as well but it's, yeah, it's a good one today. A bit of a, a chewy one. I think there's quite a few mm-hmm. different options here. Stu, I'm asking you today, what the most 90s model 
was. Heidi Klum, that's it. Listeners, Stu has come straight in. He's shot from the hip and he's gone for Heidi Klum. I'm sort of taken aback at the the instant reaction there. Do you want to justify that in any way? I don't think I have to. Well, I mean, I like your bravado. <laughs> I like your confidence. I'm, no, I will. I will, of course. Um, I, I will say I'm equally confident with mine, so I'm interested to see how this plays out. Guinness World Records, uh, 1999, the annual. It was a staple of my Christmas presents for a few years, um, obviously uh, being of a certain age. And on one of the first pages of that book is a full page picture of Heidi Klum sporting the Victoria's Secret diamond bikini from that year, um, which was worth $10 million when she put it on and modelled it. Uh, Studded in Swarovski crystals. um, And it was a picture that I... Uh, as uh, a, a young man of a certain age, enjoyed looking at very much and have fond memories of. Um, and so when you asked me that question, um, what's the most 90s model? For me, it, it had to be Heidi. Of course, famously married to Seal, uh, no longer married to Seal. So yeah, Heidi Klum for me. Okay, okay. I see your reasoning. It says some personal uh, memories feeding into that very much by the sound of it. But it's it is wrong. It's the wrong answer. <laughs> the correct answer is, of course, without question, Kate Moss. Kate Moss is the most nineties model. She's heavily connected to the Cool Britannia movement. That whole thing, you know, there's a connection to Oasis. I think she was in some of their music videos. Uh, she was the face of Heroin Chic, which was a rather distasteful or unfortunate, I should say period of fashion which started in the 90s or maybe started in the late 80s but hit its peak in the 90s uh, she was the face of it so clearly linked to the union jack sort of aesthetic one of the highest paid models of the era and i just think she was the face one of the faces of the decade and i i mean it, there was a close runner up in naomi campbell i think she had a good shout of being the most 90s model but kate moss for me it's any day of the week but I don't have the personal story like you do, so. Well, I think I knew you were going to go for Kate Moss, and I think I tried to use a little bit of bravado and confidence to try and um, state my case, but uh, I think you pretty much ground me into the du- into the dust with this one. Uh, I don't think it can be anybody else after that after that description and that reasoning. Um, I appreciate that. I yeah. think you, your tactics were good. You threw me off balance. I came in <laughs> feeling confident, and yeah, you knocked me for six, and I was took me a while to regain my footing, but. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to let that one uh, slip me by. So um, I think Kate Moss is in the in the ledger. Yeah, put her in. But I'm not taking anything away from you. you can, you've still got the Guinness Book of Records. That's still yours. No, I can't take that away from you. So is this like on Only Connect when they don't take a point away if the answer is really close but still wrong? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. great. I'll take that. Thank you, Victoria. This time on the pod, we're looking at another chart from the 90s, and we have chosen the chart from the 20th of February 1999. Who better to discuss this particular top 40 than one of our very regular correspondents who also has their own fantastic nostalgia channel on YouTube? It's our very good friend Neil from Channel Nem. Neil, good evening. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for inviting us along. Uh, It's an honour. No, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure to, absolute pleasure to have you on, definitely. Yeah, long overdue, long overdue. Absolutely. Should we just get uh, stuck in with with numbers 40 to 31 of the chart and uh, and see how we get yeah. on with that? What do well, we think? Uh, well, there's some 
just outside the chart, if you look, there's some big tunes because 41 is No Regrets by Robbie William. 43 was Miami Will Smith. 44, Goodbye Spice Girls. And then you had Up and Down by Venga Boys and George Michael, all just outside the top 40. You know wow. what? Neil, I didn't even realize you could scroll down and see anything below 40. <laughs> oh my god, everything below for this top 40 is so much better. Yeah, it's, got, yeah. it's got every you and me, every you, every me by placebo, idle wiles. Oh dear, oh, you know, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have looked. I, shouldn't have looked. I know when, when I read out 40 to 31 on this chart, it is going to be extremely disappointing now that that's been, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now that that's been revealed, but we'll go for it anyway and uh, and let's see how we get on. At number 40, a new entry, Raise Your Hands by Big Room Girl. Uh, at number 39, moving down, is Big Big World by Emilia. At number 38, also moving down, is Dreaming by M People. Number 37, also moving down, When I Grow Up by Garbage. Uh, new in at number 36 was Freak It by Studio 45. Number 35, moving down, Walk Like a Panther by The All-Seeing Eye featuring Tony Christie. And number 34, moving down, I Want You For Myself. And this is a bizarre combo. Another level featuring Ghostface Killer. Um, make of that what you will. Uh, down at number 33, uh, Madness Thing by Leliani. Number 32, End of the Line by The Honeys. And at number 31, I Want Your Love, Roger Sanchez and Twilight. So, yes, uh, the songs that are just hovering outside the top 40 are definitely uh, in better shape than, than what we've actually got in the top 40. But what I did want to uh, open the bidding with, actually, in this uh, in this area, is the song that's right in the middle of that collection, which is number 35, um, Walk Like a Panther, by the all-seeing eye featuring Tony Christie. Now, uh, when I saw this list, I remembered seeing this song actually on top of the pops with Tony Christie, performing it back in, in February 99, or around the start of 1999. And I thought I'd go and have a look. So, so I went and had looked it up uh, on YouTube to find a version uh, not with Tony Christie on lead vocals, but with Jarvis Cocker actually taking lead vocals, which which I'd never seen before. Um, and it turned out that he'd actually written the song with with the members of the All Seeing Eye. And Tony Christie wasn't available. Uh, they were due to go on top of the pop. So so Jarvis took over. Um, do, you, do you guys know the track at all? Uh, yes, I do. This this is what I would pick from this block of 10 uh, as well. It's it's also been re-released in the 2000s as well by Rick Astley. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a film called Walk Like a Panther as well with Stephen Graham. It's one of them British films what seems to have every British actor in available at the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Rick Astley done the, um, co covered this song uh, for, for that movie. But yeah, this song is my pick. The beginning of it does sound very familiar it, it sounds almost identical to, for, well to me i'm not a musician by the way almost identical as gomez whipping piccadilly if you know that song it's it's mm -hmm. just a guitar doom, 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 doom. <laughs> even though that sounded more like coffee and tv by blair but uh, <laughs> but yeah I, I do like this song you've got to fly like an Alex, anything to, to comment about from this um, from this first list? It's a couple of songs that I sort of I gave a listen to. Uh, well, first off, you've already mentioned 
the fact that um, Ghostface Killer, one of the greatest rappers of all time and a member of Wu-Tang Clan, uh, strangely crops up in this top 40, uh, guesting with another level on, on <laughs> I want it for myself. Uh, sort of bizarre, but yeah, as I said, one of the, the best rappers of all time. Yeah, there was nothing majorly stood out. There was Studio 45, uh, Free Kit. I thought I'd check it out just because, you know, I'd never heard of it before. Uh, and in the YouTube comments, uh, 13 years ago, Mr. Stu Person uh, said, I don't know if that's supposed to be a, a pun on Mr. Stupid Person or something, or maybe his name mm. is just Stu Person. Um, <laughs> but he said, uh, this is probably the best house track of all time. So that's really? a, quite a big statement there. So any, any house fans, I would say, go and give that a listen. This is actually, I think, the first time I've ever known what house music was. I mean, what it sounded yeah. like. Mm. So that was sort of an education for me yesterday when I checked that out. Uh, it's got a well, really weird. I'm a massive video. house fan because a lot of these are like disco. There was a lot of, around that time, 1989. I, I, well, two days after this chart was my 18th birthday. I was in a pub getting whipped by a woman who was a stripper but come in dressed as like she worked for the Salvation Army. That's... Can we can we broadcast this? Is this? <laughs> I do I mean... have the video. I do have the video. I might even put a clip on my YouTube channel. Uh, <laughs> I do have the video for my 18th birthday. That is one of the oddest, well, sentences I think we've ever had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The Salvation Army theme is, I mean, that makes it. (laughs) When she she come through the pub, which we're in, I was talking to someone and she come over and she went, she went like, Neil? And I went, yeah, yeah, two seconds. And I was getting money out of my pocket to put it in, put a couple of quid in. Because she had a collection of Put a couple of quid in, and she goes, "Yes, Neil, it's Neil. yes, everyone, it's Neil's birthday." And I'm like, "What?" And I was really so confused at the time. I didn't know what was happening. And then she was like, "And then I looked at her and I went, yeah, you're not the normal Salvation Army lady, are you?'" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you were into house music. This is yeah, yeah. Is there was a nightclub you. in Sunland, and we always called them ch- like Chambers tunes, and um, the Roger Sanchez one. And the Studio 54 track are what we would have put in as Chambers tunes. Like I say, around this time, there was, it, like, just outside the charts again, there was uh, uh, Brandon Block's Blockster. And, oh, what was the track called? You Should Be. I can't even think how it goes now. But that was also disco, uh, very influenced by, like, 70s disco at the time. A lot of house tracks were around this time as well, so... Yeah, I can definitely hear a similarity between the Studio 45 song and the Roger, Roger Sanchez song, that sort of disco um, infusion, which, yeah, it does. I quite like it. I mean, listening back, it's it's got a nostalgic edge because it was obviously around in the ether at this time and I would have been hearing it probably on Radio 1 and and, and whatnot. So, um, yeah, there's, there's definitely some appeal to it for me. Well, just before we move on, I can confirm that Free Kit, the greatest house track of all time, uh, spent one week on the chart and peaked at number 36. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> I'm not sure if that says something about uh, Mr. Stu Person's taste or if it's just house music never quite broke into the, uh, the, 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 the mainstream, as it were, so... I might start using that as an alias for myself. Like when I when I want to when I want to sign up for things on the internet that I don't want them to have my details. I'm going to be Mr. <laughs> Stu Person from now on. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will just quickly say, um, Amelia, Big Big World. I think maybe came up in one of our previous episodes when we were talking about one hit wonders because this is a prime candidate of four. Yes, of course. Nineties yeah. one hit wonders. Um, I'm not a fan. 
I think it's a bit a bit wet, a bit sort of drippy, yeah. something about it. I wish I hadn't listened to it in the build up to this episode because it's constantly <laughs> been stuck on my brain now, that that chorus. And it but, never yeah. gets going really the song. It's just No. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I know what you mean by wet, so it's just a <sighs> Yeah, but it's it's like you said, actually, there's not a huge amount huge amount going on in this first ten. There's a honeys track. They got a mention the in honey, the quiz well, last time. But I, I thought they were early in this, especially the sound of that song sounds more 90, 94, 95-ish, like Eternal. Mm. Around, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, very Eternal. It definitely has that that mid-90s pop production kind of song yeah. vibe. The next week after this chart was when Britney Spears was launched on the UK. She'd already had like hits in the US, but the week after this is when Hit Me Baby One More Time was released in the UK. So yeah, things would never been. be the same again. Yeah, totally <laughs> changed everything, yeah. Moving down to number 30, it's More Than This by Emmy at 29. Also coming down from number one a few weeks ago, it's Believe by Cher. At 28, it's A Little Bit More from 911. 27 is Chocolate Salty Bald, brackets P.S. I Love You by Isaac Hayes. 26 is Given Up by Mirabal. 25 is Good Life, brackets Buena Vida by Inner City. 24 is Tonight by Supercar. 23 is Praise You by Fatboy Slim. 22, These Are The Times by Drew Hill. And then at 21, it's The National Express by Divine Comedy. So what do we think of that lot then? Um, Neil, what about you? What are your thoughts? It's improving. When you were saying about Cher being number one, I think it was the second biggest hit of the 90s after Candle in the Wind. It's uh, uh, It's been on the charts for 17 weeks at this point. So, yeah, it's been around. It was definitely a number one for eight or nine weeks. Yeah. I'm not sure if My Heart Will Go On matched that as well, but that was definitely up around there as well. Um, but, yeah, definitely one of the biggest hits of the decade. For me, when I hear that, it's it's Christmas because I think it would have been around Christmas time of 97 when it was the number one spot and everything. So Christmas parties around then because I used to work in a, a shop in a, in, a, in a workmen's club. So we had Christmas parties. So that always reminds us. And when I'm saying workmen's club as well, every engagement party, disco, 18th birthday, around that time, this song was just there. You know what I mean? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was definitely the biggest selling song of that year, wasn't it? Because I, I, I remember seeing on a Top of the Pops 2 of 99. And yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was the biggest selling song of the year. And I mean, I'm, I'm loathe to bring it up again, Neil, but was this playing when you when you had your encounter with the Salvation Army lady? I don't think so. I, I don't think there was <laughs> any music. I, it was one of them things where the whole bar... Because it wasn't even a birthday party. I just went to the pub with a couple of mates. And then when I got there, there was a lot of people who I went to college with. And I was just like, oh, there's quite a few people. Like, not even clicking that they were there. Everyone mm-hmm. had chipped in for this kissogram. I just thought there was friends there. You know what I mean? We are going out for a drink. I didn't realize. And <laughs> I had me nipple pierced back then. Um, <laughs> and my parents didn't know about it. And I'd kept it a secret. But obviously, getting videoed. And I had to tell them. So when I went in that night, I can always remember. I sat down and went, mom, dad, I had to slip in there, blah, blah. Explain the night. Says before I play the video, I've got something to tell you. And my mum's like face dropped a bit, and I went, 
do you know how I said I wanted to get my nipple pierced? She went, oh, have you getting it done? I went, well, I got it done about six months ago. <laughs> I just thought I'd best tell you because you can see it on the video. And she was like, all right. And my dad, my dad just went, oh, thank God. I thought you were going to say you're getting someone pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if that had happened to me on a night out, the last person I would show the video to would be, would be my parents. Um, <laughs> but there we go. Okay, I think we've covered that event in uh, in, in its entirety now. Um, There's got to be some, uh, some potential episode titles in that story somewhere, isn't there? We can uh, 100%. 100%. Moving swiftly on, um, I want to talk about chocolate salty balls, if I can, please. So obviously South Park is extremely big around this time on, on Channel 4, having come over from the US. Um, and I remember watching it on on the portable TV in my bedroom with the sound uh, very low on a Friday evening after I was supposed to have gone to bed because it was just so massive in the playground. Um, and every, everybody loved South Park and everyone was watching it, even though they shouldn't have been. Um, I remember not being allowed to buy the single because my uh, mother thought it was distasteful. <laughs> but she did then subsequently allow me to buy the Mr. Hankey, the Christmas Pooh single, which I think came out the year after because she found that hilarious. <laughs> so, I mean, I ask you to, to, to balance that yin and yang there. But I did eventually get it on CD single, I, I seem to recall. I must have uh, used my persuasive powers. But another former number one. And just looking um, at this 3221 in this chart, we have got uh, four former number ones um, still sort of hanging around in the charts and, and working their way down, having been on there for several weeks. So, yeah, yeah, because there's 911 were number one. Uh, Praise You by Fatboy Slim, obviously a massive song, still, still played a lot today. Yeah, and then Believe by Cher. So, yeah, like you say, some good songs. I've never heard of More Than This by Emmy, and that was at number five. For, and it's been on the charts for five weeks. I could sing you the chorus, but I don't I don't know any more about it than that, I'm afraid. Um, OK, well, let, we'll maybe we'll put in a clip here. That was on one of the Ministry of Sound albums. At that time, I played a lot of Ministry of Sound annuals or the summer, the summer party Ministry of Sound albums, and that tune for me is I, I, by name I, d I wouldn't recognise it. But as soon as I played, I was like, oh yeah, that's off Ministry of Sound. I think it's the annual four maybe, and I was like, yep, that's off the annual four straight away. Um, <laughs> so much so when it gets to a certain part of the song it sounds totally different because that's when it's mixed in on the Ministry of Sound album, but it's just totally different in, in real life. Yeah, th this really is the era of of dance music being probably its most popular, isn't it? Because I think this chart, all the top 40 has got a lot of, of dance songs just sort of yeah. mixed in here and there. And lots of stuff by people like Emmy that are kind of one hit wonders or stuff that was yeah. a bit more on the ground but they had you know yeah. one or two big hits well fat boy slim at the time he had um oh what was the album this one no, is off you've come a long way baby oh you've come yeah. a long way baby that's yes it, that's it. there we go okay well that um, track's brilliant and, and the music video is, is it's like a cult classic basically when you look back at it I think it was some sort of performance amateur performance group who we just got together with a little boombox outside of a 
cinema, I think it was, and just got them to do this improv dance thing, and it's it's crazy. Yeah, definitely one of the biggest, if not the biggest or most well-known video in this whole chart, I'd say. I think we should mention also National Express by Divine Comedy. I think this was uh, <clears throat> quite a well-played song back in the day and kind of, well, I wouldn't say of its time because it's not really of its time. It's just a bit of a idiosyncratic oddity. Um, I always thought that Neil Hannon and the Divine Comedy were seen as kind of quite or well-respected, um, especially by Musos and music press at the time. But um, but then I read, was reading up on the song on Wikipedia before the episode, and I found this that really surprised me, actually. And it said, uh, the music press took aim at Hannon for sneering at the working classes on the track. Uh, Stephen Wells of NME wrote, what a filthy, disgusting, revolting, nauseating little record. This is mock pop. This is the work of an artist who thinks himself superior to his art form and despises his audience. And that really surprised me. I thought I, I thought the enemy would have lapped up at the time, but I guess I can kind of see a little bit what they're talking about. But mm-hmm. apparently Hannon d- defended it afterwards, saying it wasn't about that. It was just literally things he saw out of the window of National Expresses over the years, and it was just a sort of bit of a commentary about British quirks and stuff. But I, mean, I quite like it. Yeah, uh, the worst sort of a quirky band. Yeah, and they did uh, Father Ted theme tune, of course, didn't they? And yeah. then there was um, Woodshed. She said there is something in the woods. Yeah, 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 that's right. The Pop singer's fear of, well, of the pollen count as well, I think, was, uh, was yeah. another one of theirs. Yeah, <laughs> I think if they came out now, they probably wouldn't be wouldn't be derided so much. But um, oh, maybe people just looking back, they they they've they've got more positive. Um, sort of respect but uh, i did have the question though which is did national express coaches ever have a hostess trolley serving food and drink surely not no, every time i, 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 saw... I wrote this down no they didn't <laughs> <laughs> they, they would get down to the front within like 10 minutes and then they'd be sat there for the next four hours with nothing to do i always yeah. thought it was uh yeah it was making that up for, from 2000 to about 2004 i Took a lot of National Express coaches, and not once did we have a hostess coming down with the size, uh, arse the size of a small country, neither. So... <laughs> I've never seen any sort of refreshments available on a National Express coach, self service or otherwise. Um, no, no. So, yeah, maybe that's what uh, Stephen Wells was getting at when he, uh, when he slagged the song off so badly, it was just the factual inaccuracy. Um, just before we move on uh, into the top 20, a quick shout for These Are The Times uh, by Drew Hill, which um, do you guys remember the Talk Boy range of toys and products? To Home Alone 2, yes. Yes, that's right. Absolutely. So for Christmas, it must have been must have been Christmas 98. I received a Talk Boy wristwatch, um, which you could record three separate 10 second clips on and uh, and play them back by pressing the one, two or three button. And I remember testing this out by recording a segment of These Are The Times by Drew Hill onto the watch and then playing it back off the radio, just holding it next to the radio and doing that. So uh, I always remember These Are The Times from from my old talk boy wristwatch. (laughs) (laughs) Nice little personal connection. Okay, so let's move into the top 20. And I have to say, there's a lot of stuff here that I've never heard of. But there's also one song here that, again, has a great personal connection for me. Okay, in at number 20 uh, with Hazel is Loop to Loop. In at number 19 with Rush is Cliché. Then down at 18 are Terrorvision with Tequila. Down at 17 are Soul Searcher with Can't Get Enough. 
In new at number 16, The Moffats with Crazy. Down at 15 is TQ with West Side. Uh, new in at number 14 are Kevin Fisher and Lolita Holloway with You Got Me Burning Up. New in at number 13, Next of Kin with 24 Hours From You. Uh, down at number 12, Tatiana Ali and Will Smith, the Fresh Prince uh, gang getting back together for Boy You Knock Me Out. And then at number 11, Brian Adams featuring Melanie C with When You're Gone. Um, so any initial thoughts on that crop? Uh, well, actually, Stu, can I guess which is the song that you picked out as being like the big one for you? Go on. Um, was it Crazy by the Moffats? It absolutely was. How did you possibly <laughs> oh, know that? I was joking. It was like the <laughs> least sort of well-known one there. I thought it was... Well, there you go. I accidentally guessed it. Well, why? it absolutely is, and I'll tell you why. So they were basically um, like Hanson from Canada. So they're, That's exactly they're... what I've got written down. <laughs> <laughs> so they're good old clean cut Canadian boys. They're all brothers. You know, they started a band. Um, and this is the first single from their album, Chapter One, A New Beginning, which my dad bought on CD. Um, so we have the album in the house as well. You've got to, I'd, I'd recommend um, Alex, Neil, all the listeners, have a Google um, for the Moffats. Have a look at the the cover of Chapter oh, One, New Beginning, and check it. out it's those amazing. haircuts. Check out. Do you those know what they've, they've got an album called Chapter One? Did they ever release an album called Chapter Two, or was it just Chapter One and that's? I'd like to think so. I've, not, I've never checked into that, but we will we will have to have a look. But you would you would think that was the idea, multi-album deal. You know, it's quite arrogant having a, having something like. If you a band and you haven't had a vast array of hits and calling like say an album volume one a chapter, very arrogant <laughs> that you're going to get another girl. You have to get dropped. Four brothers born in the mid 1980s. They've got very unlikely Christian names for boys who were born in the mid 1980s. So in the band we've got Scott. Yes, okay, fine. Then we've got Clint, Bob, and Dave. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Clint, Bob, and Dave. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually Bob and Clint who, when I was researching this, provided me with the greatest revelation possibly that I've had in, in the entirety of the time that I've been researching for and hosting this podcast with you, Alex. Um, my socks rolled up and down my legs when I found this out. So, uh, as you know, in my spare time, apart from uh, hosting the podcast, I'm also uh, an acoustic performer. And uh, part of that is um, deciding which songs you want to perform then looking on YouTube for acoustic versions to have a look at the instrumentation and find out how you're going to do it and, and try and get some inspiration that way. And there's a channel that I look at um, a lot called Music Travel Love. Um, and it's two guys who go and um, perform covers of popular songs in very beautiful locations, scenic locations. There's a lot of drone shots um, and, you know, bucolic uh, scenes, filming, all that sort of thing. Anyway, it transpires that's Bob and Clint from the Moffats and I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> So you could probably see where I was going with that, um, but but I, I genuinely I've been watching their stuff for years and basically ripping it off. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, um, and to find out that it's the two of the lads from the Moffats, I mean, it's like things have come full circle, you know, from from, yeah. from me listening to the Moffats and starting out on my musical journey back in, you know, back in the last millennium, and then and then coming here ripping off their, their acoustic stuff. Um, so yeah, check out Music Travel Love if you can uh, on YouTube because it's a great channel with lots of good stuff. Um, but yeah, the Moffats, um, 
again will always have a, a place in my in my 90s music heart right i had never heard of them i've, I've wholly wholly recommended to you go go and grab yeah. yourself a copy of chapter one a new beginning you won't regret it <laughs> I, I think i came across them only quite recently just because someone on instagram had posted like uh i think it was canadian millennials or canadian millennial memories or something as a an account and they'd posted like a, a series of images of very 90s canadian boy bands and one of them was moffats <laughs> and it was that front cover of the album and yes. like you say it's so so of its period uh the haircuts and the poses it's it's amazing it's well worth looking at Maybe we'll put it on our Instagram just so people can see. But beyond that, no idea about this band at all. Uh, Neil, what about you? What's what's standing out for you? What stands out for me is TQ. This West Side song, I just love it. I don't know any of these other tracks, but I can just remember this. There's a girl I work with, actually, like if we've had the radio on in the office at work, and this song's been on. You always just go from LA to the Bay every day, all day, every day, every damn day. And you just know it, it just flows. And she she was talking about how she loved this song. So she went out and bought the album, but it had explicit lyrics on. And she, she, she was only about 15 at the time. She thought she wasn't going to get served for it. She eventually got served, but hid it from her mum and dad because she thought she was going to get in loads of trouble because it had explicit lyrics on this album. <laughs> <laughs> and then she showed it to her brother once, who then went and told her mum and dad. <laughs> oh, Classic brother behaviour. Snitch. Yeah. Yeah. But it is um, a good track. Yeah, it's, it was the one I, I, I'd singled out as well. It's like, um, it's kind of like an ode to LA hip-hop history, isn't it, Scott? It's yeah. like name-checking, Ice-T and Ice-Cube. and God. Dedicated to Tupac, I think. Yeah, I think it's dedicated to Tupac and Easy e I think, maybe. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a, there's a sample from a Tupac song or a sample that is shared with a Tupac song that sort of goes throughout it. And it's, yeah, it's got a great vibe. It sort of slightly reminds me of um, Changes by Tupac, which is coming up later yeah. in the chart. And I, yeah, I remember being everywhere. And in fact, kind of a one-hit wonder as well, unfortunately. I remember the album being everywhere and seeing it in all the shops and then seeing it in all the charity shops uh, a few years later. But that was a big album. But then he didn't really do anything after that um, for whatever reason. Just never sort of followed up on, on the success of this song. But um yeah, I, I really like it as well. It's it's definitely the standout track of this this ten. Brian Adams and Mel C, when you're gone, I remember that was a big song, wasn't it? We all remember that, and not not a bad tune at all. Listen to that. Oh, see, for me, being back, it's it, Mel C's a bit screechy in it. I don't I don't know if it was played too much at the time. It really graces on me. I think it's just around that time because it was overplayed so much, or wherever I was. Maybe some of my friends loved it and played it too much, but. Yeah, it really, it really doesn't sit well. I, I don't rate that song, it, personal opinion and everything. But the Will Smith, Tatiani Ali one, I think that must have been a one-hit wonder, was it? I think, yeah, Tatiana Ali didn't have a very long pop career, as far as I remember. I remember her sort of coming out and tracks like this, but no, not not didn't didn't last us in the same way that Will Smith did, that's for sure. Yeah, this is the only one of hers I can remember. But Will Will Smith does have a rap on it, and considering he played, he's a big no, it wasn't brother actually, it was a older cousin, wasn't it, in The Fresh Prince? But he, he sings the songs, but all grown up, not Ashley, mad sexy now, but classy, and I'm like, oh, it, it's, it, you, you've known her since she's been like 12 years old, I think he says. I've known her since she was 12. No, sorry, 10. 
and then he's singing this, and I'm like, ooh, it's a bit weird. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? When you know, when when you recognise them <laughs> as family, it's yeah, 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 definitely of its time, shall we say? Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a quick note for me on Tequila by Terrorvision. I believe this was actually a remix, which had which had been re-released and then and, and then gone into the charts after the original single. And Neil, you won't know this, but Alex, I've I've told you the story before about um, singing No Matter What by Boyzone at the at the school disco in my yellow night gear. Have I not? Yes, you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so after that stellar performance, there, there were a group of lads who decided that they wanted to they wanted to sing this. Um, they wanted a shot of the champ. They wanted to take my belts. But then when their when their name got called, um, they they bottled out and they and they never went and did it. <laughs> I went to Bradford University for a couple of years, and at the t- television, I think from York to Bradford, where and they played one of their last gigs somewhere near where we were and a load of people in my halls went and I was like oh come along with us I was like no it's not my scene it's not my scene and yet when I've come away I know loads of people who were like oh we were there and we traveled down from like Newcastle or what and I was like you're kidding and like (laughs) the guy who was best man for me at my wedding was there and he traveled down from the northeast to go and see television in one of their final gigs and I was just like oh probably about five minute walk from our halls of residence I was like oh no I can't be bothered going turned it down and Oh man, missed opportunity. Yeah, they were. I'm fairly yeah. sure they were from actually from Bradford. Yeah, must have been quite a, a cult band because I don't remember any of their other songs other than Tequila. No, um, they they appeared on Top of the Pops, the Top of the Pops 1994 reruns recently. They had a song called Alice, What's the Matter or something like that. But yeah, I don't think they really had Tequila was definitely their biggest. Yeah, I way. know the name, but I couldn't, like I say, I don't know. So I think, I don't know if I just know the name because of this song and turning down tickets where a lot of mates went to, which are... Uh, yeah, well, when a band name is linked to, to such an emotional scar as that, you're never <laughs> going to forget it, are you? So, former number one, Heartbeat slash Tragedy by Steps is at number 10. Down to number nine is Enjoy Yourself by A. Uh, new in at number eight, it's Be There by Uncle featuring Ian Brown. Down to seven, it's You Don't Know Me by Armand Van Helden slash Dwayne Harden. Down to number six, it's Pretty Fly Brackets for a White Guy by The Offspring. In at number five, it's One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies. Number four is Protect Your Mind Brackets for the Love of A by DJ Sakin and Friends. In at number three, it's Changes by Tupac. Number two from last week's number one is Maria by Blondie. And then brand new in at number one, it's Fly Away by Lenny Kravitz. I think we're getting there now with some some bigger, bigger tracks now, more recognisable tracks. We absolutely are. Superb, um, superb top five with the possible exception of uh, the track there at number four, Protect Your Mind, which I'm not familiar with. I'd like to start with uh, One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies, if I could. Um, this is another one that uh, I remember seeing on Top of the Pops. And I've looked at it, it was their only ever appearance on Top of the Pops uh, to perform one week uh, around uh, February 1999 and was completely mesmerised by by Ed Robertson's um, rapping on the track, which I have subsequently learned. And if you would like, I can perform for you now. <laughs> I think the whole audience is screaming out for it, Stu. <laughs> you asked for this, just remember. I did, okay. yeah. Right. 
holding on, watch the hood wink as I make a stop think. You think you're looking at Aquaman, the summer fish to the dish. Although I like the shelly Swiss, I like the sushi. Never just a frying pan, hot like wasabi when a bus rhymes. Be like Leanne rhymes, because I'm all about value. Bert Campbell's got the man hits. You try to match wits, you try to hold me, but I bust through. Gonna make a break or take a fick. I like a stick and make a chick. I like vanilla, it's the finest of the flavors. See the showcase and you know the verdict always gonna go, because it's a dangerous shit. Let's sign a waiver. Listeners, yeah. can I just yeah. remind you that this podcast is free. We do not charge <laughs> you for this podcast. <laughs> and that is the sort of thing you're getting for free. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Very impressive. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say, the only lines I really know from that is chicken to China to Chinese chicken. Oh, yeah, in the second yeah. verse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, but no, a great track, and uh, I'm not sure how long it, it, it hung around for in the in the chart, and possibly what they're best known for in the UK, apart from if I had a million dollars, um, which which was their other uh, sort of big hit, their Naked Ladies. Um, but yeah, a great track, and again, one that I am um, one that I really like and still listen to. As soon as I hear this track, all I think of is American Pie, though. It's oh, just, is it in that film? It, it's. I think it's where Jim starts dancing at the end, or something, or it, it's one of the parts, but. It's it's one of them songs. This one and oh, there's another one. Is a good Charlotte. It might be American Pie too. That actually, but there, there is certain. It's like the pop punk type music around that time. A lot of it reminds us of like the American Pie movies. Armin Van Helden, you don't know me. Again, this is off a Ministry of Sound album. I think it was Ministry of Sound Volume. Is it? It's either three or four. It's the Burgundy Case. I think it's track three actually on there. But I, I, I love this track. I had the CD single of it as well. So I would have played this loads when getting ready to go out. And I, I, I just love this track. It is a Chambers tune, as we would say back in the day. Yeah, I definitely. I think I had this on um, the box, Big Hits '99, um, which was a compilation album I had at the time, uh, which also had Flat Beat by Mr. Wazzo on there, which uh, which was another track I really enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, a, a, a classic uh, number one as well. Possibly uh, Lenny Kravitz's greatest moment, maybe apart from Are You Gonna Go My Way? I'm not sure. Oh, and there's also um, It Ain't Over Till It's Over. He's had several greatest moments. I'm gonna retract <laughs> that. I would say that Fly Away is a is a very chorus focused song i think listening to it back it's the chorus is great i love that sort of reverby chorusy effect he has on his voice um, but the verses are a bit weak i think there's so many it's one of the rhymiest rhyming songs i've ever heard in terms of the verses like uh, <laughs> i wish that i could fly into the sky so very high just like a dragonfly it's a little bit primary school when you read it out like that isn't it what does our um, good friend Dan Donnelly re- referred to this as Moonspoon and June, like um, rhyming dictionary 101 <laughs> yeah. stuff. You know, yeah, 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 absolutely. I'm with Dan on that one for sure. Yeah, for me, it reminds me of a car advert. I don't know if it's a Clio or something. In the uh, it's either late 90s, early 2000s, there was a car advert like driving yeah. around the streets, and it mm-hmm. was the song playing in the background. Yeah, now you say that, I can I can sort of visualise that. A big, big advert song for sure. Yeah, and it's not the only one because number nine in the charts, 
uh, Enjoy Yourself by A. I'm positive that was Grolsch. I think uh, the Grim Reaper, that's early 2000s, I think, as well. The Grim Reaper advert where he's going to get someone and then they take the Grim Reaper on a night out drinking Grolsch. <laughs> Will you allow me a, a, a few moments to wax lyrical about Tupac? I would have expected nothing less. So this is, I think, my favourite song on the whole top 40. A uh, song I've been familiar with for a long time. But um, I happened to, just the other day, actually see the original, or the song that is sampled for this track, by the, uh, the Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby and The Range from 1986, uh, which I wasn't familiar with. as I knew it was a sample, of course, but um, yeah, it was on top of the pops too. And it's, I think it's a very good sample. Um, great song in its own right. Uh, and apparently this song by Tupac was recorded back in 92, but then this was reworked and re-released or released properly after his death in 96. So it's yeah. three years after he died. And I think this is probably Tupac's biggest song in the UK, despite the fact that it came out after he died. Certainly one that got the most airplay in, in my memory. And I'd always sort of slightly dismissed it. I think partly because it had come out after his death and I thought, oh, it's just like a cash and buy his record label or whoever is just doing this. It's not an authentic Tupac song. Um, but then listening to it again um, in the prep for this, just I realised how good it is, especially lyrically. Like Tupac has never been regarded as one of the best rappers in terms of flow. I think that's widely re- regarded as as true now. Um, but in terms of his lyrics, I think he's he's one of the best. Um, he was a big influence on Kendrick Lamar, who is like the biggest rapper in the world at the moment. Uh, and the lyrics in the song, I think, are just really, really great. It's about like racism and police brutality, the war on drugs and all these other things, like real hard hitting topical issues of, of the day. And I just think he puts it out so well. And yeah, some some real goosebump moments for me listening to this. And the, the final line, especially of the second or the final verse, has some real life foreshadowing that i won't spoil i think you should go and listen to it but um yeah real goose, goosebumps from that and uh absolutely my favorite track from this this top 40 and um yeah i think worth worth a, a re-listen for anyone who hasn't heard it for a while and we really listened to the the lyrics because there's some powerful stuff in there and that's all i've got to say about changes by tupac <laughs> Just before we move on then from uh, from the top 10 and, and pick out our favourite tracks uh, from the chart, our individual favourite tracks, um, a shout for um, the Offsprings uh, breakout track in the UK, Pretty Fly for a White Guy, um, just to say I preferred the follow-up, uh, Why Don't You Get a Job? I thought that was a better yeah. Um yeah. But that's just, just this guy's opinion, you know. Sorry, I was just going to say, I had the album, which was, I don't know if it was the one before this or two before this, Smash, and it was more rockier, more heavier than this Mm -hmm. is so much more poppy than the earlier stuff this seemed a bit more like novelty like pretty five for white guy why don't you get a job and i think there was another one followed it off americana and but totally far removed from from the earlier stuff which Mm -hmm. 93 94 and i think i heard that just basically because i listened to a lot of mtv europe around that time so you got a lot of like rock acts which were big in germany so i think the offspring were big in germany around that time and it wasn't like you're saying until now when pretty fly for a white guy was a big breakout track for them in the uk mm-hmm. yeah i think that this was sort of the point where pop punk became big especially in our school down in wiltshire i remember a lot of my friends having offspring tops it was sort of just before blink 182 released um enema of the state and all the small things and everything came out so 
yeah, it was like a big entry point, I think, for that for that genre. And but I think the Offspring Stew, uh, a band that perfectly adhered to the Jocelyn theory, of course, which is, can you just explain the Jocelyn theory again, Stu? Of course, yeah. Um, I have a, a pet theory that um, a band's uh, most well-known song is often their worst. Um, so, for instance, <laughs> Dakota for the Stereophonics, Wonderwall for Oasis, etc., etc. Um, and yes, yeah. yeah, I would agree. If you're putting the offspring up for the Jocelyn theory, then uh, yes, I, I totally agree. Yeah, that's. I think it's a prime candidate. And that is the chart. It's become traditional from the one of these episodes that we've done before that we pick our favourite individual tracks from uh, the chart in question. Um, so, Alex, I'll come to you first. And um, which song would you would you pick out? I'm presuming it's going to be uh, Changes. It's the one I just banged on about for ages. Yeah, it's far, <laughs> far too earnest fashion. Uh, it is Changes by Tupac. It's the best song, I think. I will also say that um, I think my favourite song I'd never heard before is uh be there by uncle in ian brown which is also in the top 10 mm-hmm. which is a really cool tune I, I didn't know it at all like i said i think ian brown's got a great voice for that sort of brooding bassy electronic um sort of low-key track and that's well worth a listen to anyone who hasn't heard it before so probably them and yeah also just a quick shout out for maria by blondie i think especially the chorus for that track is it's a classic so all all confined to the top 10 um but they'd be my favourites, I think. Excellent. Uh, Neil, what's your, what's your pick of this chart? Uh, I was torn between two, either TQ Westside or Armin van Helden. And, and I've, even now, I'm still going backwards and forwards. I'm going to have to go with Armin van Helden just because it's a song now. If I, if I hear it now, I it just takes us back, putting on some Yves Saint Laurent opium, <laughs> fresh out the shower, getting ready. Just ready to catch the 220 bus into Sunland to go out clubbing. It is one of them tracks which just takes us back to them. Well, for me, with uh, apologies to the Bare Naked Ladies and Chef from South Park, uh, I'm gonna have to go with Crazy by the Moffats. Um, for me, it's it's the it's the one that just the one that means the most to me. And obviously, finding out that fact about. Um, Clint and Bob or Bob and Dave or whichever two it was um really um really sort of made my week actually finding that out so um so I'll go with crazy by the Moffats definitely nice nice reasons Neil thank you so much for for joining us on the show tonight mate. it's been an absolute pleasure having you on to talk about this chart would you like to tell us a bit more about about your own project with with Channel Nem and and the kind of things that you do and, and where we can find you yeah uh, well Channel Nem I'm on all the socials if you just search Channel Nem I basically started off as well. I am mainly a YouTube channel. Well, at the moment, I've got a, a today is because every day is a today. Uh, today is the day of national flags. Some days are really bad, really pants. Um, tomorrow is uh, exclusive here. Uh, tomorrow is Burger Day, uh, National Burger Day. So uh, get them in. Um, but yes, so I've got that and I am bringing back soon. I'm just on a bit of a summer break. On a Sunday night, I do now to call a live stream where we look back on the Now albums over the years. We're just getting into the early 90s, so I will have to get you lads on soon to uh, to get your opinions on a track. We're only in 1991 now with Now 22, so coming up at peak 90s soon for you guys. I'd love to do that, absolutely, yeah. would be an absolute pleasure. Yeah, cheers, Neil. That does that sounds like something I'd be well up for, and I do recommend to all listeners that the uh, yeah those those now live streams are are well worth tuning in for. So um, get on it. All all the links will be in the episode description, so head down there and have a look. 
Brilliant. Well, uh, no, thanks again for joining us, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Cheers. No, no. Thank you for inviting us. Thanks so much again to Neil from Channel Nem for that whistle stop tour of the chart from the 20th of February 1999. Um, Alex, I didn't realise that one of your sort of favourite ever tracks was in there. Um, it was lovely to hear you waxing miracle about changes. Yeah, well, uh, it was it was nice to have a sort of reminder, you know, a reason to go back and, and check it out. Uh, weirdly, it's also a the track that I have downloaded on my computer that I always test my sound with. So every time I move to a new house and set up my computer, that is always the first track I put on. It's like become a ridiculous tradition. So it sort of also makes me think of moving to a new house and <laughs> that, that excitement of, of having a new place and setting up everything. So mm-hmm. weird connection to it. But um, yeah, just glad to have an opportunity to go on and on about it. <laughs> Excellent. And also, finally, an outlet for my Moffat's and Bare Naked Ladies knowledge, which was well, well received uh, by me. I've, I felt a real sort of lifting of the weight of the shoulders there, for sure. Yeah, spot on. <laughs> I, I mean, I really did not think the Moffat's was going to be uh, your, your choice, but uh, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's always a surprise doing these podcasts. You never know what you're going to hear or learn about your, your co-host. Indeed. Every episode is different. If you have any thoughts about the chart from the 20th of February 1999, or indeed anything else we've spoken about on the podcast before, uh, Alex, how can our listeners get in touch with us? They can find us on our link tree, which as ever will be linked to in the episode description. So just scroll down and find it there. Click on it and you can find links to our Instagram, our Twitter, our email address, uh, Spotify, Acast, Google, we're everywhere. So uh, use that to get hold of us and uh, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, please do get in touch. We do love receiving your correspondence. OK, in traditional pod form, we're not sure what we're doing next time, um, but be rest assured you'll be the first to know. So until we meet again across the airwaves, it's goodbye from me. Uh, I'm just off to cancel my Salvation Army donations. <laughs> That's weird. I was just about to say that I was going to donate to the Salvation Army. <laughs> got different approaches to the same issue. Take care, everyone. Bye for now. Goodbye. There's a lot of stuff here that I've never heard of, but there's also one song here that, again, has a great personal connection for me. So new in at number 20 is Hazel with Loop de Loop. New in at number 19 is Rush with Cleche. Then at, oh, bollocks, hang on a minute. I've been reading these the wrong way around. Sorry. (laughs)